0: Okay, hello everyone, welcome to another episode with the Study Abroadcast. I am here with Keith Dipple, who's the Senior Associate Vice President for Customized Programs and Internships, and Keith is going to talk to us a little bit about faculty-led programming today. Keith, thank you very much for being here. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, Chris. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. Can you tell me a little bit about a faculty-led program versus, uh, like, going solo on a study abroad program? What's the difference? Sure. Kids.
1: Sure. Well, you know, usually um, students can apply to our standard programs as we refer to them. You know, as you just said, going solo, they they can see our website, our catalog, um, you know, and think, hey, uh, 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 um, uh, a full semester in Rabat studying um, something about Moroccan or um, African history would be really good, and they apply, and... Um, They'll join a cohort of, um, you know, maybe 30, 40 students on that program, um, and they'll sit in a classroom, and it's a pretty neat um, concept because, you know, a student from, let's say, Brandeis University in Boston can be sitting next to a student from Penn State and the other side a student from Texas Christian because they're all coming together on the one program. However, with the faculty-led programs, it's different. It's usually the, the, it stems from a faculty member having an idea about something they want to teach. Often that is tied to a certain location. And what they're gonna do is teach students from their own school. So for instance, um, a, a faculty member from Indiana University might decide he wants to do luxury. Teach a class on luxury brands, and Milan is the place he's recognised uh, as where he wants to go. So he'll probably go to his study abroad office. That's the way it usually works these days. And say, I've got this idea. How can I make it happen? And the study abroad office will contact IES and start to talk to us uh, about this. And and it. They'll tell us, you know, the, the professor wants to take 20 students um, just from Indiana University, and we need to customise this to to what he envisions. And we'll start working with them on, on that. You, sometimes these programs start 18 months be- out before they actually hit the ground. Um, it's more uh, normal these days about 12 months out. Um, 9 months uh it can be done uh, but there's sometimes a lot of moving parts but that's the basic idea we'll, we'll work with the um with the faculty um and the study abroad office and our center um in this case it would be Milan and we'll build the program from soup to nuts so the, usually you know studying luxury brands um what will happen is uh we'll need to find uh, accommodation um, so the the school will tell us you know we'd really like uh, a dormitory style uh, accommodation where all the students can stay together or if the professor really wants the students to be immersed in in Italian culture or uh, we can uh, supply homestays where each student will go to a different home that we've vetted uh, ahead of time and stay with a family for let's say this program is four weeks um, they can go anything from A couple of weeks out to one semester long Um, but most of them are in the range of three to four weeks so once we found the housing and secured that um, the professor will want us to secure classrooms sometimes that's in our centers uh, that we have abroad Um, uh, other times it will be external um, classrooms and we'll secure those and then we'll start to get down to the nuts and the bolts of the program Uh, beyond what the what the professor will teach in the classroom, what else does he or she require? Do we want people that work at luxury brands like uh, Jimmy Shoe Shoes, for instance? Do we want an executive to come in and give a lecture to the students? Do we want the students to go and visit Giorgio Armani? Um, all sorts of things like this. In addition, is there a field trip that the... Um, that the professor would like to do. Is there something he's recognized for instance in Rome where he wants us to take the students for a day to go and see a luxury brand that's actually headquartered in Rome. So all these factors come in. It's, um, there's a lot of moving parts because there's several iterations of a program. It gets changed and tweaked uh, uh, along the way. But usually um, we'll start working on that. Um, once we've kind of got it nailed down to where the professor wants it and the centre is um, has got everything organised, um, and this can include airport pick-up, orientation, um, an opening dinner that evening, a closing dinner on the last day, all sorts of things can go into a programme. We can make it as elaborate um, as the, the professor and the study abroad office wants. Uh, once that's all done, we... Um, We rely on the school to recruit their own students, although we can offer marketing assistance with that. We have a a splendid marketing team here who can um, come up with some flyers and some promotional materials. Um, And about 90 days out before departure, that's when we get the roster from um, the study abroad office. These are the, let's say, 25 students that are gonna be on this. We give them some visa assistance, uh, a lot goes into that last 90 days we want to know for instance we we ask the students if they don't mind disclosing any health issues so that we can accommodate them um and then um and then you know just a few days before we make our final checks um and the students all get onto the plane and uh, arrive um if there's airport pick up they'll be met in Milan and um And the program runs. Um, About one day before it ends, we do send the the faculty member uh, a very short survey um, so he can evaluate the program from accommodation, classroom space, um, electrical equipment that we we needed to provide, all the field trips. And we we do that one day before while it's fresh in his or her memory, because we we really want to know a good evaluation. And I chose luxury brands um, in Milan because that is one we've run in the past. But we get all sorts of um, requests, a very eclectic mix. Um, I'm just looking at what's coming this week. Um, we've got uh, from uh, a university in Maryland. They want to go to Auckland to study aerospace engineering in New Zealand, Um We've had uh, a university in Lincoln, Nebraska who wants to go to Cape Town to um, to study health and community. Um, we've got one this week come in from uh, a university in Indiana who wants to go uh, to Siena to study communication and culture in Tuscany. Um, Uh, a school in ohio wants to go to both london and dublin a a, a dual city one to uh, study sport and culture and a very cool one we've got i mentioned rabat before Uh, we've got a university in texas that wants to go and study arabic language Um, so we run about 140 150 of these a year next year we'll be up to about 180 all very different all unique and um and just keeps us on our toes and we're we're learning new things all the time but the professors certainly have great ideas um the one thing i will mention is that um why it's the fastest growing part of international education mainly because um unfortunately we live in an unpredictable and sometimes dangerous world and um you know with natural disasters et cetera. And faculty are absolutely wonderful at um, at teaching and research, but they're not always trained in um, student health and safety and crisis management, and which is why the study abroad offices like to go through a provider like IES because we have health and safety protocols. We virtually set the standard for all the um, in, uh, provider. Um, for all the providers in terms of health and safety. So wherever we send students, we have a team there that are trained. If something happens like a terrorist attack, God forbid, or um, you know, a, a, a tsunami or something, we have plans in, in place to make sure the students are safe. We can evacuate if it's terrible, as we did a few years ago in Istanbul. Um, this year was challenging in Hong Kong, but all the students went and, and did their programs and returned safe, safely. So that's one reason why study abroad offices like to go through a provider like IES with a reputation for health and safety and crisis management, as opposed to letting the, the faculty try and arrange it on their own. Um, the other reason that they like to use us is because they, we give every school the opportunity to run programming in an overseas location they wouldn't be able to run themselves and also brand it on campus as their own program. So, for instance, um, you know, right now we've got another school um, out of Texas that has uh, asked us this week to run a program in London next summer on creative writing. And when they advertise that, for all intents and purposes, their students will um will think this is their school's program um and um and that's great for the school of course when they get there they'll they'll be met by ies staff they'll probably do their uh, programs in an is classroom so they do know that we're involved but it does give the school a chance to offer this program they otherwise wouldn't be able to offer and brand it as their own so it's a win-win for everybody
0: Wow, that was a pretty uh, detailed explanation of what faculty-led programming is. Thank you very much, Keith. Of course. <clears throat> uh, so then, if you're if you're a student, you're just walking around looking for these flyers, and it's the faculty that creates them. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that, that, that's right. The um, you know the students uh, will. Um, it can be something like I know. It, uh, for instance, there's a school in Iowa that puts some of our. Uh, Flyers on their buses. Uh, it's a big score, and students ne- need to get from class to class on a big campus, so they'll they put the flyers on buses. Uh, but what most of the time the students will go into their study abroad office, um, just like the uh, you know students at some stage in in their academic career will go into the careers office to speak to somebody about career. So it's presented
0: advice. as just another option to them.
1: Yes, exactly. They'll go okay. in, they'll see they'll see IES flyers and brochures and they'll talk to an advisor about it.
0: Okay. And then I have another question too. I don't know if you'll be able to answer it, but traditionally faculty led programs are shorter, right? They're usually during the summer or even winter in sessions.
1: That's absolutely correct. Our our standard programs um usually about fifteen weeks long. Internships are about eight weeks long. We do have semester programs. Um, yeah that was my customized. question i've
0: never i've never heard of a faculty led semester program so can you yeah, can you maybe elaborate on that a little bit why is, sure. why don't they yeah sure
1: um short term programming has become very popular with students now it's uh it takes up the vast majority of our of our programs out of about the the hundred and forty hundred and fifty we ran in this past ac- academic year um around about a hundred and fifteen were Short-term programs. The rest were semester-long. We had one of one-year-long, but most wow. of them are short-term programming, um, and and simply because it's more affordable. Um, but it also gives students who have a limited amount of time to be off campus the chance to go. So you know they can use four or five weeks in the summer. Um, lots of students, especially. Executive MBA programs where these are professionals that are actually at work and taking an MBA oh, yeah. online, they can go during spring break. So that's why these have become very popular. We do have semester long programs, um, like I said, 20, 25 a, a year, and um, they're not as common as they used to be. Um, I'm glad to say ours are going up in number. Um, and they run for all sorts of different reasons. We even have one it's a wonderful program it's uh it's a school based in the state of new york and um they had a housing crunch one year they 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 just had a really good yield um and kudos to them of students and they actually had more students coming in than they had housing. so they created a program where um their students uh first year students The first semester they spent in college was abroad with us in London, and um, it was a a win-win for everybody because they solved the housing problem. Um, We got the students and were able to really take some, you know, some freshman students and immerse them in London and British culture, and it's it's a terrific program. It's been running now for, for nearly 10 years. Wow. All
0: right. Well, yeah, I think I think that's all I have. Thank you very much for the time, Keith. I really appreciate it. I think this will shed a lot of light on students listening about what exactly a faculty-led programming is and how they can do it. So uh, do you have anything else you want to add?
1: No, that's great, Chris. You know, thanks for your time, and, um, you know, uh, uh, thanks for having me.
0: All right. We'll talk to you next time.
1: Yep, thank you. Bye-bye.